0: Hey there, welcome back to Legal Mumbo Jumbo with Houston Divorce and Family Law Attorney Ashley Nicole Green. This is a 10 to 15 minute session where she will discuss frequently asked questions and or provide you with some good old information on how to navigate through those areas. So let's get started with some Legal Mumbo Jumbo. Welcome back to season two, episode number 16 of Legal Mumbo Jumbo. My name is Ashley Nicole Green. I'm a Houston family law and divorce attorney, and we're talking about enforcements this month, of course, but today's topic is about enforcements motion to compel related to violating or not going in accordance with a particular provision of the court order outside of child support. visitation, and medical reimbursement. I'm just talking about everything else in the order, right? So I'm kind of talking right now to those individuals that maybe have a provision of an order that's part of a divorce decree about selling a piece of property or about, you know, closing a, you know, a town or something of that sort. So as always, I like to give you guys some context as to how I decided to bring about this topic. And this topic came about because I had a client that reached out to me at the end of last year. And she was um, divorced from her spouse for, oh man, it had been probably about, I don't know, like seven or eight years. And she had a divorce decree. And in the divorce decree, it said that her spouse is supposed to refinance the property within two years of the decree being signed um, and if the house was not refinanced out of her name then the house is supposed to be placed on the market to be sold and here she was seven years later almost eight years and she was like I just want to buy a house you know I just want to start my life and I can't do that because my debt to income ratio is extremely high because that house is still in my name and my spouse, my ex-spouse, has not refinanced it. And so she hired us. We, she wanted to kind of start off by like saving some money. So we started off by just like sending the other person a letter, you know, a very demanding letter, like, you need to do this. It says you're supposed to do it based off of this page of the decree. We've attached it. And the other side actually like responded. It was like, yes, I know I was supposed to do this. I'm going to get it done. You know, I'm. I've already like you know went to the bank after getting the letter, and I'm gonna you know get it done by next date. And so I haven't heard from her since that. So I'm thinking that he actually got it done, uh, because she was like, if he doesn't get it done by this date, then I'm definitely gonna file because I am tired of waiting. Which I have absolute every understanding of where she's coming from. So. She decided not to need to file, at least at this point, because I haven't heard from her. But I'm going to talk about, you know, from the perspective of what would have happened if she actually filed. And so with that being said, grab me a sheet of paper and something to write with because we're going to jump in. It's going to be a little bit of like storytelling, but also like really, really good knowledge um, and learning as well. So let's talk about if you have a provision in your court order that is like my past client and we're just going to call her Jane. Let's say you had a provision in your court order like Jane that said that a spouse was supposed to refinance the property and they did not in accordance with the court order. The time period has lapsed, They didn't get it done. And you are wanting it out of your name. Right. And You want to make them refinance it within the time period. And if they don't, they need to sell it. So let me just kind of step back real quick. I want to put this, this out there because this comes up a lot. I want people to know that a court cannot force someone to refinance a piece of property, whether that's a vehicle or a house or what have you. The reason being is that that is solely at the discretion of the creditor, right? Whether someone has the credit, the credit score, the income, a court can't force the property to be refinanced, but they can force a piece of property to be sold in the event it's not refinanced within a certain period of time. So that's the first thing to note, is that if you have a court order or if you're going through a divorce or if you're going you know, through a case, make sure that you put provisions in there to say what happens if they don't refinance within a certain period of time. If you don't do that, you're going to get yourself in a... really really bad jam Um, and the courts not gonna have really any option to help you because you didn't have an alternative right of what was supposed to happen if they didn't refinance it we just said that they're supposed to refinance and if they come in and say hey judge I made good faith effort to do this and I just couldn't do it then the judge is not likely gonna make them do anything outside of that So make sure that you have a family law attorney that has experience with this, because if your order doesn't have this, you'll be screwed. And I'll just tell you, there's a lot of people that come to me every single year that do not have these provisions correctly written in their order. And I've had people like grown men, grown women just like completely break down and cry because they're stuck, you know, and I feel so bad for them. We do what we can. Um, sometimes we're successful at sending a demand letter. Sometimes we're not, and they understand that it's not—it wasn't, you know, on us. It was because of the way that their order was written. So, let's say though, that you had your order written correctly, um, and you're like my client, who I'm calling Miss Jane. So, you would file an action just like you would any other enforcement or motion to compel. You would file it. You would get the other person served and notice. Um, they would have to come to court and explain to the court why they are in violation of it. If it's a good enough excuse, the court may give them some time. If it's not, then they're likely going to, you know, foreclose and put things in place. But this is the part that I wanted to talk about. So let's say you get to the hearing and they don't have a good enough excuse. The house hasn't been refinanced. The judge is at the point where they're like, this house needs to be sold or this property needs to be sold. You need to make sure that you're asking for the parameters of how the house is supposed to be sold. So asking the judge to appoint a realtor or maybe even, you know, asking to appoint a receiver. A receiver is someone that will handle the selling of the house. It's not always something that I encourage because it is a cost that comes with it um, that you would have to have um, come out of the proceeds. So if you're getting like half of the proceeds or something, that could hurt you. But if you're not, and that person is keeping 100% of the proceeds, then I would say like that's on them. <laughs> but the court may decide, you know, um, each of you would pay, you know, half of the cost of the receiver. I have no idea. But it's totally based off of each case, and sentence um, of each case. So know that... You can ask for a realtor to be appointed. You can ask for the home to be placed on the market within a specific time period. You can ask for any reasonable offers within a certain amount to be accepted or forced to be accepted. You can ask that the house be, can be in a show-ready condition, that the other party have the home available at all times that a, a buyer is requesting and the realtor is requesting. Um, you can ask that, you know, the receiver assists with, you know, the proceeds and all of that. If you have a concern, you can ask for the check to be um, held with the title company um, for a certain period of time. If you're asking for things to like be divvied out a certain way, most of the time we usually just ask for the check to be like two separate checks, even amounts or whatever the dollar amounts supposed to be. So we don't have to have you know, money held with the title company because I'll tell you, most title companies do not like that. Um, and so, if you can avoid that, try to. But yeah, so you will file that, you get your relief. Now, a lot of times people say, well, can I place them in jail for this? You know, this is so bad. And my friend told me that her spouse and her ex spouse didn't pay child support and they went to jail. I told people that the remedies usually available in a child support and a possession access case. Um, enforcement aren't usually always the same ones that the court will typically lean to or lean towards in a enforcement action related to selling a property or selling a vehicle or things of that sort. Most of the time, they're just going to look to doing, you know, like the civil um, action, which is like attorney fees, court costs, things like that. Um and then they might put some coercive contempt in there that says, you know, hey, if you don't put this house in the market by this date certain, you're responsible for X amount of you know dollars until it's on the market each month or each day or what have you, just to encourage them not to um not follow the court's order. So that's just like something to keep in mind. Um I wanted to, like I said, talk about this though because um, just this week, we had someone reach out and retain us on this exact topic, and I'm just like, "Wow, like this is like a reoccurring issue." And so, please make sure that when you have an attorney, that they are an experienced family law attorney. They know how to properly draft your court orders because these things can really, really bite you in the butt sometimes. You know, you're such in a hurry to get divorced that you just want the paperwork drawn up. You just want to sign really quickly. You just want to be done and you don't think about a few months or a few years down the road and how that rush paperwork can like largely impact your life in drastic ways. You know, I mean, in my case with my client who I'm saying name is Miss Jane, um, you know, she was living in an apartment for years, for seven years, and she had the ability to get a house if, but for this still being on her credit. And, you know, it wasn't fair to her and her children that they're cramped up, as she was saying, in this apartment. And her ex-spouse is living, you know, his best life on, you know, acres and acres of land in the house that, you know, her children had once grew up in. It just was very, very emotionally. Um. For her, but also for her children. So think about this when you're going through these processes. Don't be such in a rush. And and this is just kind of a plug for us as attorneys. Don't rush your attorney. You know, I mean, ask them to you know get things to timely, but don't rush them in getting paperwork because little things like this make big differences. Um, and you don't want them to miss something like this. So with that being said, if you ever have any questions about a court order and enforcing it related to this topic or any other topic, please feel free to reach out to our office during normal business hours. You can schedule a 15-minute free chat with me um, for us to determine what your options are and just talk about your situation. You can also always book online 24-7. I'll put all the information in our show notes. Um, i'm so excited that i ended with this particular topic um, or this particular you know yeah topic for this month um, this is our last topic of the month of april i've been very very excited to talk to you guys about enforcement this month and i can't wait for the topic next month so until next time you guys take care and as always bye for now